This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. What's good, people? Welcome back to the station. Y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter, at RayGQ. I'm joined by my man, my partner in crime, Jordan Richards. You can find him on Twitter, at your boy, Jake Rich. This is Destination Devi. Appreciate y'all dropping by the channel. If you If this is your first time, if this is your first time on the station, make sure you smash the subscribe button. If you're listening in the car, in the train, on the plane, on your way to work, on your way home from work, make sure you smash the subscribe button on the podcast as well. But we got to talk a little, uh, you know, I, I talked about this on the last show that I, I don't want to dive into 2021 all the damn time because that's all that people are talking about. But pro days, like pro day is what's on the minds and hearts of everybody in this fantasy football community. And, and today or, you know, yesterday or whenever the hell you're listening to this show, what's today's date? March the 23rd. We had a lot of pro day news break. We got to see uh, Rondell Moore perform in, in positional drills and tests. We did not get to see Devonta Smith, uh, you know, today do anything. So there was a lot of, a lot of news and noise about that. And then over the past couple of weeks, man, some of these players that we've been talking about for a long time, we got to see them go on the field and, and perform uh, during their pro day activities to Marion Terry, Kenneth Gainwell, Trey Lance, and you know, just the overall sentiment of the community of the fantasy football space right now is hysteria. It is just, you know, because of the lack of a combine, because of this weird season, it's like every move these prospects make right now is being overanalyzed, overthought. I actually saw a tweet today that somebody said, because Rondell Moore jumped 42 inches in the vertical jump, you got to subtract five inches because defensive backs are going to be six inches taller than him. So you have to adjust the vertical jump. And because of an adjusted vertical jump number, he's not going to be, I mean, it's just, it's, it's madness right now. Jordan, what, what are you just your overall thoughts and sentiments about what is happening in the fantasy football space? And let me just say, those of you who are watching on YouTube, who don't have a Twitter, who don't participate in Twitter, good for you because you get to avoid all of this stupid shit, all of the noise. Good for you. Stay away from Twitter. Twitter is, it's the absolute worst. It's the worst. I appreciate it because it helped grow me, but it's the fucking worst. Stay away from it. Jordan, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on with Pro Day? I think that we're learning that March Madness is not just reserved for 
the NCAA tournament because that's the only way to describe what is happening. Like, it doesn't matter what these players do. They're always going to be, there's always going to be reasons to rip them down. Whether you're talking about Ron, Travis Etienne, whether you're talking about Kenneth Gainwell, even when we talk about Devonta Smith, a Heisman Trophy is not enough for a wide receiver. It's never enough because if you don't weigh 190 pounds, if you're not six feet tall, they're going to find a reason to poke a hole in your profile. And that's just what it is. But at the end of the day, it's all just madness. You need to fade that noise. You need to follow Destination Devi. You need to do what you need to do to make sure you just avoid all of it. Like you said, Ray, stay off Twitter if you can because it's, it's toxic. Like there's only one way to put it, toxic madness. I, I don't even know where to start, but these pro days, they are important because as you mentioned, it's our only form of analysis. It's our only data, data point right now. And that's what we're going off of. But we really need to understand what is important here, what isn't. And most importantly, don't listen to everything everyone says because people are always going to be saying bad things about players. doesn't matter who it is. So you need to make sure you find the right analysis that's unbiased, a proper opinion. And as well, do your own research because you want to come to your own conclusions before you draft any of these players. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a part of the entire, it's a piece to the puzzle, right? And it's, it's not our only form of data. It's just what we have now. I mean, these, these guys have played college football the past two, three years. I mean, like, you know, I, I just, for me, the way that I evaluate players, the way that I go about my analysis of fantasy football prospects, of NFL potential prospects, is I rely heavily on what I see on Saturdays. That's just how I fucking do it. Like, I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm not saying that's the only way. I'm just saying that's my way. Uh, because of my experiences with football, I just trust what I see, right? I use some of the numbers to either confirm or have me question what I feel about certain players, but I'm not, I'm not swinging the pendulum so far in the opposite direction based off of a combine, based off of a pro day. Like either you can ball or you can't. Like ultimately when it's, when it all boils down to it, either you can ball or you can't and you know, you're healthy, you get the opportunity or you don't like really that's the game. That's the game of football. It ain't, it's not binary. It's not, you know, numbers. It's not black and white. It's, it's, it's football, man. Can you play or can't you play? So when I'm, when I'm discussing or expressing my opinions on these players, it's based on what I see. Like, can this cat play? Can Rondell Moore play? Absolutely. He can, you can't tell me if you go back to watch him as an 18-year-old versus Ohio State that that dude can't be productive on any level of NFL field. I'm not saying that he's going to be the a, a first ballot Hall of Famer in 20 years, but to say that he can't play is 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 asinine. Okay, he can play, and since we're on Rondell Moore, his pro day dropped today. Five foot seven inches, 180 pounds were his measurables. Anybody who was shocked about that literally has never watched Rondell Moore. If you are shocked that he measured in at five foot seven, 180 pounds, what the hell have you been looking at for the past two years? There was no way Rondell, there was no hope of 5'10". You knew the 5'9 number that Purdue posted was inflated to a certain degree. We all knew that he was going to come in at 5'8", five, 5'7". Five, like, that's what it was. If he would have actually measured at 5'9", I would have been shocked. I would have been shocked, just like Jalen Waddle. I think I talked about this on the last show or a show before. Jalen Waddle's listed at five foot ten. 
he's probably gonna come in at five nine. You know what I'm saying? Like 180 pounds. We knew Rondell Moore was around 180. You look at him, he's built, he's muscular, he's five seven. But then he jumps 42 and a half inches. Bench presses 24 reps, runs an unofficial or maybe it's an official 429. If you add five one hundredths of a second, that's a 434. That's what his game is predicated on. It's predicated on quickness, explosiveness, getting the ball in his hands, not lining him up on the goal line and saying run a fade at the one yard line and out jump, you know, Jalen Ramsey. That's not his game. That's not his game. So anybody who is if if you're out on Rondell Moore because he measured in at five foot seven, then you should have never been in on him in the first place. Yeah, man. And I think that's a great point. When you talk about a guy who's literally 90, 99th percentile in the vertical jump, 99th percentile in the bench press, we know he squats 600 pounds. We know he ran that 429, which is the fifth percentile. Why is it that you're fading him now? And I think that's a perfect point because when we were talking about him before, he should have been in that tier one, very high-end draft pick. And even coming into this draft, I thought about who's a player who I think is being discounted currently. And it's still Rondell Moore because he didn't play because you're still going off that one year of production in a lot of ways, but he's giving you every, I can be that dude at the next level and I can get it done the way I get it done. Not the way you've seen it get done in the past with a lot of wide receivers. It's how I'm going to win at the next level. That's just what he does. And I think that's what we've always seen. So to change your opinion now, like you're saying, doesn't make any sense. And for me, it's just come, come down to his, like you said, can he ball? And we all know that. Like if you actually watch him play, the dude can, he's one of the most dynamic players you've ever seen in college football, period. And I remember when you first saw him, you comped him to Percy Harvin. And I was like, eh, I don't know. But the more you watch him, the more he's closer to that than the next guy on the list, right? And that's why I think that Rondell Moore could be such a dynamic playmaker in the NFL. Yeah, and that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a playmaker. And I actually tweeted out today, uh, what if he, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm, because everybody thinks he can't play wide receiver now. So I just asked the question, what if he were deployed and utilized like James White, right? What if he was a 80 carry, you know, 90 to 100 target type running back wide receiver hybrid? Like, what would we think about him if he had dual eligibility, running back wide receiver, you give him 80 carries out of the backfield, let him catch 70, 75 passes, 80 passes a season. I mean, wasn't James White a PPR running back one, you know, like two seasons, like multiple seasons of that? And when he wasn't, he was a viable flex player. He's a better player than James White. Like he's a, he's a better, he's a souped up version of that, but he's actually a wide receiver. I just, if you're out on Rondell Moore after today, then you should have never been in on him in the first place. Because, I mean, he wasn't measuring in at six foot. You knew that. You knew he wasn't going to be 200 pounds. Um, I, to me, nothing nothing moved the needle for me in either direction with Rondell Moore today. And it's sort of been like that for a lot of these prospects, man. And another you know, wide receiver, since we're talking wideouts, who did not perform, did not test. And I'm so happy. Devonta Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. I'm glad he's not doing shit. Like, honestly, I it, it, you. 117 receptions, 1,800 yards, and 23 touchdowns. That's coming off the heels of a 1,200-yard season where he led Alabama in receiving in touchdowns as well. What else do you need him to do? Like, he won the Heisman Trophy. He had 215 yards in the first half and three touchdowns versus Ohio State in the natty. What else do you need me to do? He's not slow. He's fast. He's physical. He's smooth. He's skinny. He doesn't weigh 200 pounds. We know all of that. We know all of that. And Devonta Smith did not do, I don't think he did anything 
at Pro Day. I think he said, y'all saw my resume. Uh, and you know what? He's going to be a first-round pick. He's going to be a top 15 pick. And I, I'm, I, for one, am not concerned one bit about Devonta Smith not doing anything. Good for him for saying, trust the tape. Turn, turn my shit on and see what I did the past two seasons. Like, that's, that's who I am. What are your thoughts on Smith, Smitty not doing anything? I'm happy, man. And I think uh, we see it a lot in basketball, especially. These players don't test. They don't want to test. They say, turn on the tape, watch me play. We don't see it a lot from NFL players because the NFL is just a different game. It's a different system. But you see players starting to work it. I believe Joe Burrow was another one. Didn't throw at his pro day or at the combine last year, which we don't see a lot. But like you said, somebody has nothing to prove, like literally nothing. And Najee, same deal, right? You heard about him having to travel. I'm pretty sure he drove like five or six hours to the Alabama pro day from where he was because his flight got canceled. He just came to support his teammates, man. Both those guys, they're showing you why they're great players on and off the field. They're great leaders, great teammates. They're just there to support their guys. And um, if you want to kind of transition over to what we think about Patrick Sertain, because I know you're really excited about him and someone who played really, really well, showed really, really well today. You know, we know he's technical. We know he's got that NFL pedigree with his father also playing in the league. But what did you think of his pro day? I mean... Listen, it was it was confirmation for me because I didn't know he was that athletic, right? So what Pro Day did for me was to confirm some of the negative connotation that I had around Sertain. I had him as cornerback two in the 2021 class behind J.C. Horn, who I absolutely love out of South Carolina. But when you see 6'2", 208, 39-inch <laughs> vertical jump, 131-inch broad jump, 442 in the 40-yard dash... At 6'2", 210, you know, 208, that's a big-ass corner, dude. That's a big cornerback that's technical, that has the NFL pedigree. Uh, listen, we got to see what Horn does. I got to see what JC does. But this was, this was, I was super impressed. And as a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, I do hope that one of these cornerbacks, and hopefully, Patrick Sertain, the second lands in Dallas because they need a cornerback. And I thought, I thought his performance at pro day uh, was phenomenal as well as Mac Jones. You know, I have been on the Mac Jones train longer than anybody period. Find somebody. I want you to find somebody that's been on the Mac Jones train longer than me. When I first started talking about Mac Jones, people thought I was bat shit crazy for saying this dude's gonna be a first round pick I, I i i've got the receipts trust me i was like this dude's gonna be a first round pick i'm i'm getting laughed out of out of the gym people laughing right i know what he's talking about he's a statute he can't move he, he runs a, four, a five flat you know five five 40 yard dash his vertical jump was i think like half an inch better than tamari on terry or a half an inch less than tamari on terry he runs some scouts had him as a as a four seven high four seven low four eight forty yard dash. I think he was like a four eight. I think I, I, what was Josh Allen's forty? I think he was like a four six four seven guy, like legit Josh Allen, the damn near in, NFL MVP. But you watch Mac Jones, man. If his name, and I talked about this on one of the prospect profile videos, if he were a five star recruit. If, you know, he was this highly touted high school prospect, we would be talking about him as the core. Is he potentially the quarterback, too, after Trevor Lawrence? Because the season that he had was truly perfect. He replicated 
what Joe Burrow did. Now, granted, Joe Burrow had 60 damn touchdown passes, which is insane. But you know, perfect season, uh, winning the national championship, undefeated in fewer games than LSU, one fewer game than LSU. And uh, I listen, the weapons are not, they were not what LSU had. He didn't have Clyde. He didn't have Justin Jefferson. He didn't have Jamar Chase. He had Smitty. He had Najee. But uh, I just, I don't understand. And you, 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 Jordan, illustrated my point today as you were conversing with somebody on Twitter and y'all were like making fun of him. Like, oh, look at, you know, talking about him. And I know it was in jest. But that's the that's the reason why people aren't on Mac Jones because of that. Oh, he doesn't look like he should be this. Oh, I I just he doesn't look athletic. He just doesn't look like he should. It looked like he was trying so hard and he ran a four eight. What the fuck are you supposed to do? Not try and run fast? I mean, yes, he tried hard and he ran fast. Like I just the the level of disrespect for Mac Jones to me is um it's it's not good. And he's going to be a high pick. And I think fading him because he doesn't look like he should be is a big time mistake. Yeah. And I think uh, you illustrated that perfectly. He doesn't look that he's not that sexy new quarterback. But if you actually watch that video, you know, he's been working on his body because he's been he's been getting those body shaming comments. And I think to your point, like we talked about off air about this, you kind of kind of jacked my argument a little bit when talking about Joe Burrow. But that's okay because we talk about Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow was phenomenal. But if you actually watch the LSU Tigers play, you saw this coming, or at least you saw the potential of what Joe Burrow could be with another year because he really started to show at the end of his junior season. Mac Jones, same thing. Tua gets hurt and he played really, really well in the games he filled in for Alabama. So then you see this build. And so the parallels are there. Is he as good as Joe Burrow? I don't quite think so. But to touch on your point about Josh Allen, Josh Allen ran a 4.75. So. Let's not just say out of here that Mac Jones is slow now. We're talking about Josh Allen, who he's the running back one for the Buffalo Bills. And somehow he ran a 4.75, which is crazy. It's crazy, right? Mac Jones runs a 4.8. I think he'll be just fine in the NFL. And most importantly, it's not the fact that he's fast. It's that he's smart in the pocket. He knows where to slide, where to move. And if he's got to run, he'll get you those 10 yards. And I'm not worried about, about Mac Jones trying to run for, you know, 15. He'll do what he has to do to win games. I think that's what we saw to Joe Burrow. He was, I think, a little bit faster, but Joe Burrow does what he needs to do to win games. And that's one of the things I see in Mac that you don't see in every quarterback um, in this draft class. And like you said, he, he's now starting to kind of play the game, look the part, but Mac is, he's a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal player. Um, cerebrally, I think we all know that he's going to be there pretty much from day one. And it's really just a matter of kind of where he goes, how he fits in that system, um, like a lot of these quarterbacks. But I think Mac has just a great chance as any to be, honestly just as good as any of them like I I really do and he showed that in college and he showed that you know throughout his time in college learning the system and getting better every year so I just think Mac is phenomenal I think he's a great athlete Um, and I think people like you said need to give more credit for all the things that he's achieved over his career absolutely man absolutely and you know it's just I, I get it right now the the wave and the craze is around these dual threat quarterbacks, right? These Konami code quarterbacks. Shout out to Rich Rebar. I think that was his kind of deal. He came up with that. But it's these quarterbacks that can give you 4,000 through the air and 800 on the ground. I understand it. Like there is a positional advantage when you have Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar Jackson isn't the best thrower of the football, but when he's going out there giving you 1,200 rushing yards and, you know, eight, nine TDs a season. 
I mean, you can't, that, that replaces, you know, that 1,500 passing yards that he was deficient. So I understand, and I'm not sitting here saying that Mac Jones is the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't believe that whatsoever, but I do believe in fantasy, we have seen it before. I don't know why it's a novel concept to some that you cannot be a quarterback one if you don't run the ball. If he's throwing fucking dimes left and right, dropping 4,000 passing yards, 30 plus touchdowns, he absolutely can be a quarterback one in fantasy football. And at worst case, most of us playing super flex leagues or two QB, he's a high end quarterback too. And trust me, you need quarterback too. So I just think people need to put more respect on Mac Jones's name. Uh, it's, it's really, uh, it's really funny to watch that narrative float around. He just doesn't look like he should be now. Credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a credit karma money spend account you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. A player who does look like or looked like he should have been, which as time goes on, like I just am disappointed. Disappointed is the word. It's Tamari on Terry. And I posted a video right after the 2020 NFL draft about my top five player positional players uh, rankings for 2021. And Tamari on Terry was in my top five of wide receivers. He was supposed to be what, 6'3", 6'4", he had bulked up to 220 and was just this freak athlete, just freak athlete, you know, and Florida State is a shit show. I mean, they they haven't been good for a very long time since Jameis Winston and them won the natty, but um, Tamar and Terry opts out of 2021, you know, because of COVID where he was there and then he leaves, team was bad, so he didn't really play a full season, so he's been training and prepping for this moment. And his height was a little bit shorter than we thought. So no big deal. Six, two and a half. That's still good size. But then he checks in at 207. And I'm like, ah, thought he was 220. But okay, 207, he's about to fly, right? Vertical jump, 32 and a half. Yeah, not good. Because that's that's explosiveness, right? If, if Vertical jump, explosiveness. Again, 
Tamarion Terry, this freak athlete, wide receiver, vertical jump, 32 inches. Mac Jones, the dad bod, Hank Hill of quarterbacks, 32. So, Mac Jones. 15 reps, I don't really care about the bench press. Then the 40-yard dash hits, and he runs a 4-4-4, 4-4-5. Not slow at all. Don't, don't get it twisted. It is not slow. But miles per hour, tracking data, all kinds of stuff suggests that this dude could potentially drop a 4-3, low 4-3. Like, that's what I was expecting for Tamari on Terry. I think it was just, eh, like, meh. Like, I'm just kind of like, ah. He's not what I thought he was. Did, did you have any glaring takeaways from Tamari on Terry's pro day? I think I would echo a lot to kind of balance a little bit more. Like, I just, I want to give excuses for him because I do think he's really talented. But when you look at the vertical jump, especially, one thing that sticks out to me is I remember Calvin only jumped 31 and a half inches. And that was another guy, you know, supposed to be a first round pick. Not exactly Who explosive. Who did? I couldn't hear you. Calvin Ridley. Who was it? Who jumped? Oh, Calvin Ridley. Okay, okay. Yeah, Calvin Ridley jumped 31 and a half. And people were like, ah, Calvin Ridley, he's not explosive. And of course, DJ Moore is jumping 40 inches or the hell he jumped. And so my problem is, is that he's not technical. And so where is he going to kind of make this up? Is he just going to be a deep threat? At which point he's not going to be as useful as other players? I just, I don't know. And maybe to your point, he just doesn't care. You know, like maybe he's just one of those guys. And But, but we have to... That's still like it kind of matters. I'm not going to go after his character, but you know, we want a guy who's committed to every part of football, you know, like, and, and maybe that doesn't show in the testing numbers, maybe that doesn't show in every aspect, but it's kind of hard to really hammer this guy down when you don't know where his heart's at, whether he's really into this. Because, like you said, man, he, when we talk about a guy who in theory could really, like, we really think he's got that ability. And, like you said, with the analytics, it says he probably could do that, but we don't know kind of what he's been doing. And it, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to kind of pin this guy down yeah, but, for but, the past year. But, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to question his level of commitment. I know nothing about him. I've heard, I've heard stories, right? But I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to question that. Like, I don't, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying because yes, if you leave, then go work your tail off and come out there and perform at peak levels. Did he do that? I don't know. Maybe that is him. Maybe that is the best that he could do. Maybe four, four was as fast as he could run. Maybe 32 and a half inches was as fast, as high as he can jump. Maybe he dropped weight for a specific reason. Maybe he trained his ass off to put up these numbers. I don't want. I don't want to question that. Uh, what I'm saying is, my expectations were a lot higher for Tamari on Terry. My expectations for a player that I've seen pull away from Boston College defenders, from I've seen take slant routes or dragging uh, crossing routes against Boise State and turn it up and go sixty. I saw him do that. My expectations were just higher for him. And a player that I mean, I have on wax. I have it on tape that I said he was a top five wide receiver. And right now he's sitting, I think I've got him like at wide receiver 10 and he's like barely there, like barely there. And depending on some other things, he may fall, you know, right now, what it's going to boil down to for Tamari on Terry is where he get dra- gets drafted. It's going to be his draft capital. Is he a day two pick? Is he a early day three pick? Is he a late day three pick? I think that is really, really what it's going to boil down to for a player like Tamarion Terry. Now, uh, another guy 
that we need to dive into um, is Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, Ramondre Stevenson had his pro day. And uh, let, let me just let me start by saying this. I am not the biggest. Rem- I, I tried hard to get on board with this Ramondre Stevenson thing. There are people out here pushing this Ramondre Stevenson narrative. Let me just tell you something now. Don't draft him. I mean, if, if you do get him late as a, a late round flyer, I got P- I, I see people talking about he's RB four, RB three. That's bullshit. Don't don't listen to that. I don't care who it is. No. Six foot, 230 pounds, 31 inch vertical jump, uh, broad jump, 112 inches, terrible, 40 yard dash time. I know it's not that big of a deal, but he's not agile. Uh, short shuttle, 447, 12th percentile, three cones, 7.02, 55th percentile, and then he runs at 463. No thank you. Ramondre Stevenson is a plotting backup who will come in and make an eight-yard run and Twitter will go crazy, but he's never going to be anything more than that. I'm, I just, I'm not there. I'm not there with Ramondre Stevenson. And he's probably going to be a better NFL contributor than he is a fantasy asset. Do we even need to dive into that? Do you have anything that you want to add about Ramondre Stevenson? No. I think, I think like you said, right? We talk about Tamora and Terry maybe not living up, but Stevenson basically took him off my draft board. I just, I don't, I don't see the appeal, like you said, unless it's late. I think we should just, you know, skip over him. There's, there's not a lot to talk about. You know, he's, his Tate, maybe give him a shot, but otherwise, there's nothing suggesting that we should be drafting him in fantasy. It's just kind of how it is. Yeah. And, and you know, it's unfortunate because a player like Jarrett Patterson, you know, I've talked about him a lot leading up to this season. And he's another one of those players that, you know, Rondell was listed at 5'9, he comes in at 5'7. Patterson listed at 5'9". He comes in at 5'6", 195 pounds. If you're going to be that small, you better be really fast. He runs a 4'5'4", four, four, out of Buffalo. I mean, what are we doing with that? You know, is that, I mean, I like him. I like the player. He's, he's a dope guy. I've had a couple of interactions with him on Twitter. But for fantasy football, that's what we're talking about. I, don't, I can't do it. I'm not there. I mean, I like Jared Patterson, but... Can't do it, man. Not not a running back of that size. I think uh, just to kind of be a little bit devil's advocate here, at least we've seen him produce like very, very high end, you know? And so that's that's really my only pushback to your comment and and talk about like Ramondre. I think you're putting them in the same bucket, but is that like truly how you feel? You'd put Ramondre and Jared kind of in the same bucket or would you take Jared for sure over Ramondre? I'll take whichever one gets drafted higher. All right. All right. Because like for me, I, I would. That's, that, I, would that, I mean, they're in, they're in the same bucket for me. I, they're in the same bucket for me. I, I, first of all, I don't want either of them. I mean, if 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 I'm sitting down between Ramondre Stevenson and Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, and, and uh, Jared Patterson, I, I'm looking for a wide receiver. I'd go take Jalen Darden. I'd go take Anthony Schwartz. I'd take somebody. I, I don't want either of those guys. They're just roster cloggers, in my opinion. Like you, when you draft a player like Jared Patterson, when you draft a player like Ramondre Stevenson, the only thing that you're hanging your hat on is you are praying, and it's crazy, for an injury and for a chance for that guy to step up and command some sort of significant workload, which I don't think either of them would do that. Uh, I think it would still be a split backfield. You know, it'd be RB3 and whoever the RB2 is. Like, I just, with those guys, there's no pathway for fantasy relevance outside of an injury 
And that's how I dynasty. I want somebody who has a legit, like think about Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Think about Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. There's a pathway for Pollard to sign a deal after this season to be a more involved piece of an offense. There's a there's a there's a world that exists in which Alexander Madison may get a, a, a Mike Davis type deal to go be a bridge running back. I don't think there's any there's no pathway for Jared Patterson or Ramondre Stevenson to be that guy. And at the running back position, there's only one maybe two on the field at the same time. I'd rather take a wide receiver where they run base three wide receiver sets, four wide receiver sets, sometimes five wide wide receiver sets, where there's more opportunity for those wide receivers to get on the field, to show what they have, and to make a play. Look, for for Christ's sakes, Josh Reynolds just got a deal in Tennessee. I mean, when are you ever, like, again, there's still a pathway for Josh Reynolds to have fantasy relevance. I just don't see it with these two running backs, man. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think uh, that's a good strategy piece, right? We've we've tried for how many years? Like I think about DJ Dallas is a perfect example. He was like a third round, fourth round rookie pick. He had that one game or those two weeks and you should have traded them. And if you didn't, you're just kind of screwed now because Chris Carson's back and all these things. And I think like you kind of said, but without saying directly is you're basically just praying that they get one shot and you can trade them. But with some of these wide receivers, you may be able to find one like a diamond in the rough or something, maybe an outlier. But but again, you're getting them late. And that's why you're taking the shot on these wide receivers. And I'd love to talk about Schwartz because I don't know how much you've watched him and kind of where you think he fits in the NFL. But that dude dropped a four to six. He's a guy who almost ran 10 seconds in the 100 meter dash. People say he's the fastest player in college football. So what do we do with Schwartz and how high are we willing to gamble on them? How high are you willing to gamble on them? Yeah, man. I mean, he's he's uh, I, he's one of those other players I thought would be faster. I mean, he's a legitimately like an Olympic sprinter. I thought he'd be faster. I mean, he ran a four two six, but Rondell Moore ran a four two nine. Listen, players like that. If I'm going to miss in fantasy rookie drafts and dynasty rookie drafts, I'm going to miss fast. So Anthony Schwartz is a player that in the third round, I don't mind pulling the trigger on him. Like, I'll, I'll take the shot on the speed. I'll take the shot on the home run ability. So, you know, is he a technically sound wide receiver? Absolutely not. Like, I, I mean, all I really saw him run was go routes, drag routes, and you know what I mean? Like, shit like that to get him the ball in his hands quick, which is fine. But I'm intrigued by the speed, man. You can't coach that. Like, I, I, I'm very intrigued by what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands. So... I'd be fine with taking a shot on him in the uh, in the third round. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think um, I don't, especially people need to understand this guy uh, Schwartz also from Auburn, right? So Gus Malzahn, not the most creative play caller. And honestly, uh, we've seen guys come out of Auburn who just have been underutilized the wide receiver position. Darius Slayton is a perfect example of that. You saw a guy who's uber athletic but doesn't really get the ball, not really overly involved because that's just not the way they run their offense. They focus on that hard nosed defense. They run the ball, and Schwartz was just kind of few and far between. And then we could even get into talking about Seth Williams again a player who on paper looks very explosive, can do a lot, maybe a little bit raw, but talented. And then at the Auburn pro day, he drops a four five. That's pretty good for a guy who's six foot one, six foot two, 215 pounds. But again, 
these guys are kind of underutilized, very raw, but the talent showed on tape. And so it's kind of like, what do we do with these guys? Where do we like them? I know we talked before about Seth Williams. I'm kind of a bit of a bigger fan than you, but how surprised were you with that four or five that he dropped at the pro day? Because I think I was expecting him to come in a little bit slower than that. Yeah, Seth, uh, Seth did his thing at the pro day, man. I can't, um, I was surprised. And he was a player who was actually like true to what his listed height and weight was. I mean, he was 6'3 to 11, 37 inch vert, which is nice. Bench press reps, shitty. He only did 12. I can do 12 like right, like literally right now. And I don't train for that. And then he runs a 4'5, which was impressive for at 211 pounds. So, you know, again, Seth Williams, one of those forgotten guys who was talented as a freshman. You know, he's had Bo Nix throwing him the ball, which is not ideal. But uh, I- I'm intrigued. I'm-, I'm more intrigued about Seth Williams than I am Anthony Schwartz. Um, Anthony Schwartz was supposed to run fast. He's an Olympic guy, so I don't want to double count for the fact that he ran fast. But he that's what he was supposed to do, man. That's what he was supposed to do. Now, the last guy that I want to hit on, um, because we still, you know... Uh, is do we know if Jamar Chase is going to do anything at Pro Day? Have you heard anything about uh, Chase testing or, or doing anything? If I were him, I wouldn't do anything. I'd do absolutely nothing. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet, but I think with Devonta Smith opting out, I, I would fully expect Jamar Chase to kind of follow suit in that respect. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, but I kind of expect him to not do anything. So, so let me just ask you, and I've been thinking about this all day. Do you think that this is going to set a precedent for collegiate athletes saying, screw the combine, I'm not doing anything moving? Like, what do you think happens moving forward? Do you think next year that it's just back to normal? Everyone goes back to the combine. All the top athletes go to the combine. They participate. Or do you think some of them would be like, I'm not doing any of that. Like, just draft me. Like, I'm not doing a combine. I'm not doing a pro day. Like, literally, Najee did nothing. Devonta Smith did nothing. Jamar Chase is probably going to do nothing. Um, Jalen Waddle, I mean, he's injured. He's not going to do anything. Like, do you think this is going to be a trend moving forward? Because I really like it from an athlete empowerment thing. Like, yo, trust my tape. Like, I'm not doing any of this uh, human lab performance type shit. You know I'm working out. You're not about to dissect me because I'm 168 pounds. You knew I wasn't big when I was catching, you know, 117 passes in the SEC winning the Heisman. Like, I'm not going to confirm your bias against me. Draft me for what I've done on the field. I I like it, man. I like it too, but I, I just... I guess I'm a pessimist and I don't think it's going to happen. I think every year we may see a few more and I'm hoping it gets bigger and bigger, but I don't think it's going to turn into the NBA where, you know, the top 15, top 20 guys just say, screw the combine and don't even go. Like they just don't even show up. They do their interviews privately. You know, they fly in wherever, get flown out to do stuff. That's the way it should be in my opinion. Uh, But I do think the combine is also just such a big networking event to reach every team, to do all these things. In a lot of ways, it's almost less hassle than having to fly around for interviews or, you know, now we're forced to do things on Zoom. But like, if you're Devonta Smith, if you're Najee Harris, maybe you still go. But testing, I don't know. I, but I do wish they would just say, screw it and be like, just call me on my phone. Watch my tape, okay. call me on my phone. But, that'd, be, that'd be so much better. But listen to what you just, listen to what you just said. It's more convenient for who? More convenient for the NFL teams and the owners and the coaches 
and the scouts. Screw your damn convenience because when it's time for a contract, you're not doing what's convenient for me at that point in time. If you want to, I'll come and interview, but if you want to see me test, come holler at me in my pro day. Or if I don't test, then draft me on my merit. Like, I don't know, man. Listen, people didn't think players would actually sit out either and get drafted early. And Jamar Chase is about to be a top five pick. Uh, people opting out midway through the season. I mean, Terrence Marshall played like six games and was like, I'm good. Like, I'm done. You know, I, I think we I think the foundation had been laid and it may not happen now, but we already saw college athletes opting out of bowl games. Christian McCaffrey did it. He opted out of his final his final bowl game. We've seen athletes say, I'm good. Like, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to hurt myself. I'm going to go train. It's just interesting. It's an interesting thought. I I don't know what side I land on, but I, I, I am intrigued by the prospect of some of these players saying, F you NFL, like come holler at me on my turf if you if you want me. That's just how I think, man. But Kenneth Gainwell is the last guy I want to talk about. Kenny Gainwell, the Memphis Tiger, the redshirt June redshirt sophomore that's declaring after his redshirt freshman season, the same Kenny Gainwell. And just for those of you who kind of forgot who Kenny Gainwell was, remember when we were going through last draft season and everybody was talking about Antonio Gibson's lack of carries. He only had 33 carries. We can't really project them. He's he's a project. He's not a true running back. He only he only had the ball 33 times. Well, the reason why he only got the ball 33 times. It's because Memphis had a running back named Kenneth Gainwell, who was a redshirt freshman, who was outstanding. And, you know, the big knock on Kenny Gainwell was his size because he was listed at 5'11 or 5'10, 100, and I don't know what he was listed at, but I think I saw stuff like 184, 190. He checks in at his pro day after opting out, my, may I add, did not play last season, opted out. Five foot eleven, good. What's he gonna weigh? Two oh one, benches 20, 21 reps, and then runs a four four two forty yard dash. If you add five one hundredths of a second, I mean that's still a four four seven forty yard dash, faster than Travis Etienne. And I know he's you know eleven pounds lighter or whatever it is, thirteen pounds lighter, but it's legit. He's put together. Where are you at with Kenny G? Kenneth Gainwell, where are you at with him, man? I'm excited, but I am, I am worried that he... I, I love him, though. The problem is, is that he's such a good player. He's so talented. And, and when you talk about a guy who has... What is his receiving ceiling? Like 100 receptions? Because you talk about a guy who can actually go out split out wide. On top of the pedigree of running backs that are currently succeeding from Memphis in the NFL, these dudes are ready. Like, they're ready now. They are athletes. They are talented. And I think Gamewell may be the most talented by far. Like the really only miss is uh, D- it's Daryl Henderson, right? The running back for the Rams, who was just a straight line sprinter. We've seen the holes this guy got is crazy. But Gamewell, he's a guy who can catch 60 passes. I believe in college he caught, I think he caught almost 40 or 50 in his one year. So it's just like, what is his ceiling? Is he kind of like Cam Akers, but a little bit lighter? Is he kind of like DeAndre Swift, but a little bit taller? Like, I, I don't really know how to peg him, but I'm really interested to see where he goes. I think he's going to be a little bit landing spot dependent, but he should easily check in as RB4 in this draft class and maybe even sneak up a little bit if he gets the right landing spot. Yeah, he's my RB4, and I think he's locked into a day two pick. 
He's the best pass catching back in this class, and it's not close. Like he is the best receiving running back in this class. And I always said he could bang between the tackles. I was like, dude, he's good between the tackles. Like, turn on the tape. Anybody who could keep what we see with the Washington football team on the bench, along with Patrick Taylor, he's got to be good. And Kenneth Gainwell is that good. I believe he had over 1,200 rushing yards and over 600 receiving yards as a redshirt freshman at Memphis in 2019. Uh, God, if he lands with the Arizona Cardinals, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, wheels up. If he goes to the Miami Dolphins, I think he will threaten Miles Gaskin. And I know they just signed some random ass running back. He'll threaten him as well. Um, He's, he's incredible. You know, if Pittsburgh, and I know Steelers fans don't want to hear this. Hell, I don't want to hear it. If they re-signed James Conner and then drafted, a, you know, Kenneth Gainwell, I know they got Anthony McFarlane next year. I think Gainwell would would quickly become the the favorite running back in that backfield. I think he's just an incredibly talented running back, and I have him uh, very very close to 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 Travis Etienne. Call it what you want. I know a lot of people are just you know head over heels for Etienne. He could do no wrong, but I. I really like Kenneth Gainwell's game, man. Yeah, no, and and I think uh, it's funny with those extra ten pounds that we're talking about. He's a lot closer to Etienne than we initially expected. You know, we've seen the explosion from Travis, but you know, Gainwell's a different beast in the open field. Like it's not it's not easy to tackle him, but Travis Etienne, he kind of just he'll give it to you. You know, if you want to tackle him, he'll try and spin out of it. Whatever he break, he'll break your arm tackle. But beyond that, you know, we're not expecting a whole lot. But Gamewell, I've literally like dug into his tape so hard where his ability to make defenders miss, his stutter steps, everything he does with his feet, with his body, it's all controlled. It's all his ability to manipulate defenders. That's why he was the running back one in Memphis. That's why Antonio Gibson didn't play because he had that one innate ability to make defenders miss that nobody else on that field had at his level. And that's why I think he'll succeed over all these guys because it's just, but I do think, you know, I want to see him go to the right spots. That way, when I draft him, I feel better about it. But there's definitely a few spots in the NFL that it's how it goes, man. It's how it goes. You can laugh, but we've seen some talented running backs get some bad landing spots. And all of a sudden, it's just they can't quite overcome that. They can't quite overcome that. I want to see that for game. Well, who? Good running back. What what running back got it? What what good running back got a bad situation that couldn't overcome it? What about Rashad Penny? Rashad Penny was a good running back. Did he get a good situation? Not really. Oh, not really. First round draft oh, capital. First... It was a bad draft pick. Dude, he couldn't beat he, he couldn't beat out a seventh rounder. I mean, that's how it that's how it goes well, sometimes. That, that 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 ain't the landing spot though. That's his ass. <laughs> what about what about I mean, what about him. your boy that's... Zach Moss? Talk... <laughs> here, yeah, he, Zach, Zach Moss RB one in Buffalo. He's going to take Devin Singletary's job. I mean, I like Motor though. Motor's they try, they, Motor's nice. They, they get they get they gave him they gave him every opportunity and he failed. So I don't think it's I think that's just I understand what you're saying it makes you feel better, but I think the landing spot really has nothing to do with it. Either you either you when you get the opportunity and you, and they gave Zach Moss every opportunity to be the guy and he did not deliver. Like that was the, that's the issue. It wasn't Buffalo, it was Zach Moss. If Zach Moss was delivering if Zach Moss would wasn't fumbling the ball, if Zach Moss wasn't doing stupid shit, he would be the guy. They gave him every opportunity to do it, and he failed. Um, yeah, man, I, I like Gainwell. I think Gainwell is dope. Did you um did you see that picture on Twitter 
of the guy with the cinnamon toast crunch box and shrimp tails in his cinnamon truck coat. Did you see no. that? It's like trending. No. General Mills. Yeah, General Mills like tweeted him. Like he poured out a cinnamon toast crunch and there were two shrimp tails in there what? covered in cinnamon. Who was like, it? Look, yeah, it's fucking, I don't know, some random ass dude, man, but <laughs> neither here nor there. Just check your cereal. The, the, the GQ tip of the day, check your Jesus. cereal, man. But nah, I appreciate y'all. appreciate y'all rocking with us to, to talk about some of these pro day prospects who still got a couple of names left uh, that I'm particularly interested in, and that's Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase if they do anything. And, you know, Justin Fields, I don't really care. I mean, You want to see him run that 4-3, though. Yeah, I just want to see him run a 4-3. I want to see Amon Ross St. Brown. So we may tap back in, talk a little bit about these Pro Day guys. Uh, we, we've got some ADP over there, Destination Devi, the squad, the mock drafts that we're running all month, every month. Brandon and and uh, Jordan and, and Jeff holding that down over there with the mock drafts. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. We've got ADP. Uh, exclusive for our patrons. This ADP is is data compiled, uh, not by single mocks, man. It's hundreds of votes every pick from crazy ass Debbie and Dynasty enthusiasts. So you don't get any of the BS. It's like legit people who play this game. Uh, so if you want access to that, if you want to see my rankings, I'm hopeful that we can get Jay Rich. Uh, his ranking set as well for these rookies and moving forward. Uh, I think that would be dope to get his on there. But patreon.com forward slash all gas. Come holler at us. Uh, Elite Seekers with Ben EB drops on Friday morning. And then uh, I think we'll have a special guest. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of guests. Like, we like to keep it in-house, right? We like to keep it in-house. But I think we're going to have a dope guest. We've never had a female on this show. And I think uh, we got a talented talented woman in this fantasy space that knows her shit so we may have her uh jump on the channel and come holler at us man what you think jay i think i think it's time you know i think it's time i know who you got in mind we we won't we won't spoil it we won't spoil it in the comments you know let us know who do you think it's gonna be is but i'm telling you when you get it when she gets when she gets the wind when we tell her She's going to be hype and it'll be a fun fucking show, man. Like it'll be a fun fucking show. Let me tell you. Hey man, watch your language. This is a family program. I appreciate y'all checking out the station. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow Jordan, follow the show, follow myself. We are out of this thing until next time. Be easy. Peace. Thank you.